0: I believe we are still, in a sense, if you look at it from the viral storm perspective, uh, we are still in the eye of that storm.
1: The unemployment numbers are um, very sad but not shocking in that we know a lot of the experts predicted that they would be brutal and they are. We are definitely in that space where we're thinking um, outside the box and using all tools that are available to us um, so that we can ensure that kids are continuing on their learning journey no matter where they're at.
0: The task of continuing to educate students in San Diego when all the schools are now closed is a monumental one, but that's never stopped teachers before. Welcome to our ABC 10 News Coronavirus Impact Podcast. I'm Ben Higgins, and we're looking at the different ways the ongoing pandemic is having an effect on our community. In just a moment, I'll talk to a pair of local school administrators about the transition to distance learning and the challenges they need to overcome in a virtual classroom, First, though, a look at some of the top coronavirus headlines for Thursday, March 26th. The county of San Diego now has 341 confirmed cases of the novel coronavirus, which is 44 more than the previous report. But those numbers remain relatively small compared to other areas of the country. The United States now has more reported coronavirus cases than any other country in the world. The figure passed, 82,400 today putting the U.S. ahead of China, where the virus was first detected. And those are just the ones we know about. The actual number of people infected could be much, much higher, according to medical experts. Kevin Falconer says a San Diego lifeguard has contracted the virus. That news came as the mayor laid out some stark figures about the financial toll the shutdowns around the city could take on San Diego. Sales tax, which usually brings in $300 million each fiscal year, is projected to drop by $26 million in the next four months. That's our second largest source of revenue. In the same time frame, the tax on tourists who stay in hotels is projected to drop by $83 million lower than expected. That's our third largest source of revenue. In total, early projections show the city is expected to lose more than $109 million through June 30th. He went on to say he's deeply committed to supporting our small businesses, restaurants, and our tourism industry to help them bounce back even stronger when the crisis is behind us. The Hotel Del Coronado is closing its doors for the first time in its 132-year history. Owners say there's no cases of virus at the hotel. They're simply responding to the current business environment and will focus on supporting staff and notifying guests. The Omni La Costa Resort announced a similar move yesterday. The city's beach closures continue to be an issue for local police officers. Joining me right now, TED News reporter Jennifer De La Cruz, who was covering that story today. Jennifer, how are officers trying to enforce a ban on one of the most iconic parts of San Diego?
2: Well, Ben, they're doing their best, certainly living in San Diego. That's part of the reason a lot of us are here, because people want to enjoy the beautiful outdoors, especially our beaches. But they're trying to do their best they had a ton of people over the weekend that were flocking to the beaches they were crowding boardwalks and that's not what they're looking for right now they want everyone to be distant do your social distancing so in the pacific beach area they have uh, police officers pretty much at the entrance to every parking lot at every park in mission bay some of the trails and at the boardwalk i was just over there about an hour or so ago they have caution tape up actually blocking people from getting from the boardwalk down to the stairs and onto the sand, so they're trying their best so far, but uh, it's definitely seems like it's been a difficult thing for them to do because that's where really everyone wants to be right
0: now. Jen, I know the consequences can be pretty severe for violators,
2: yes. So, we are told by police, uh, Chief Nizlite was on 10 News Midday this morning talking with Jim Patton, and he says that they have the ability, and they plan to, give out citations for $1,000 as of their conversation around noon today. He says they haven't had to do that yet, and they're hoping they don't have to. At this point, he said they've just been trying to educate people, inform them of what's happening. Anyone who does start to go to the boardwalk or the beaches or the parks, they do have officers who are explaining to them what's going on and turning them away. But he says if people do not comply, you, yes, can be given a $1,000 citation.
0: I love a good walk on the beach, but it's not worth a 1000 bucks. Jen, appreciate you joining us. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Stay safe out there.
0: Thursday should have been opening day for the Major League Baseball season. The Padres were scheduled to host the Rockies at 1.10 p.m. Instead, anyone passing by Petco Park at that very moment heard something else coming out of the ballpark sound system. Fans, as we may not be gathered here today at Petco Park, on what would have been 2020 opening day, As a symbol of solidarity with our resilient country, we ask you to join Petty Officer Second Class Mike Dallagher as he presents God Bless America.
1: God bless America, land that I love, stand beside her.
0: MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred says the best case scenario would see teams come back together in the middle of May, although it would still then need at least a couple of weeks of training to get into game shape for some sort of shortened season. Of course, parents and children across the county very interested and concerned of what school is going to look like during our coronavirus pandemic. And joining me on the podcast today from the Poway Unified School District, Associate Superintendent of Learning Support Services Carol Osborne, and Executive Director of Learning Support Services Kimmy Lockfield. Both of you, I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much.
1: Absolutely. Thanks
0: for having us. All right so when the when the news first came down that the schools would have to be closed physically, what was the initial reaction uh, among administrators about how you were going to handle this? how many uh, you know plans were already in place for something like this?
3: We had started some preliminary conversations uh, at the district level and in t- anticipation of the closing of schools we had actually called a principal meeting. Um, on Friday, March 13th. So we had all of our principals at the district office. And so when the determination was officially made, um, Dr. Marion Kim Phelps, our superintendent came in and joined us um, to speak to the principals so that we could have a consistent and coherent message to our site leaders and prepare them to go back and have the conversations with their teachers and ensure that our students left on Friday with Um, some of their curriculum materials and uh, textbooks and so on that they may need for future learning.
0: Carol, you're dealing with students as young as preschoolers. Of course, they're seniors in high school as well. How different has this plan had to be to tailor it to all the different grade levels and age groups that are within the district?
3: So I think that's one of the... Unique challenges and opportunities that we have Um, as we prepared our optional learning uh, resources that launched last week for all of our students and families, uh, we quickly realized that preschool um, had not been included. And so that's why everything that we're doing is a team effort our uh, preschool director and assistant director quickly gave us some resources and our technology and innovation team quickly adapted and created a space on the online optional resources for our preschool students. We've also had to consider our CTE resources and making sure that we have access for all of our content areas. So um, it's really been a significant team effort to make sure that we are um, thinking about the entire continuum of preschool through 12, but then also really being flexible and open to the feedback and having grace with one another as we get the emails to say, oops, you forgot to think about this. So um, it's really a a joint effort across the entire district.
0: Kimmy, maybe um, you can speak. Obviously, a lot of this uh, distance learning is reliant on technology, of course, probably very easy for some families and a challenge for others. What was the process like in probably still under undergoing of determining who has what, who needs what and what resources you're going to be able to need to get out to families in the community to, to make this work?
1: Well, I think what's really important is to make sure that we have equity for all. And that means that um, each and every learner has what they need to be successful for distance learning. So, um, we really had to uh, mobilize our teams to um, survey our families, find out what do they need. I know earlier we talked about what does staff need to be able to create online learning experiences. Um, We are mobilizing and very soon we will be getting devices to our students who do not yet have devices available. So once we ensure everyone has what they need, um, connectivity has also been Um, something that we've been working with our local um, internet providers to find solutions around making sure that people, students are connected each and every day. So that's currently where we're at. And very soon we hope to have those devices um, in the hands of our students.
0: What are some of both the, I'm sure, advantages to remote learning? And of course, some of the limitations as well to not physically being present in a classroom with your teacher.
3: To me, I think one of the challenges is monitoring student learning. When you are live in a classroom, you can quickly look around the classroom and have a sense of eye contact and engagement and puzzled looks on the faces of kids. And so you're able to adapt and address student needs in the moment. And I think that's the challenge that the responsive teaching element of teaching and learning is gonna be one of the challenges. So as we are working on our plans, we're talking with teachers about considerations for um. um, uh, assessments or uh, formative assessment, what products will kids be producing so that we can provide immediate feedback and support to kids through the online learning experience.
0: Um, I'm a parent of a couple of teenagers in high school. Um, I know parents can sometimes be, well, I don't want to say problematic, but certainly they have questions, they get worried. Have you received a lot of emails, phone calls uh, from concerned parents, and what are some of the common questions and concerns that you've heard?
3: Well, I think the the parent comments and questions are the same questions that we have, and the concern, um, will our seniors um, be graduating on time? And we wanted to say yes, and we are working toward What does that look like? And we are working collaboratively with the County Office of Education as well as the CDE to think about what are the considerations for um, A to G requirements, graduation requirements. So I think the piece that is uh, challenging is we want answers right now. And we are um, trying to unite with San Diego County districts, all 42 districts, and be in line with what the state is asking us. So sometimes I think that, you know, we all want to know right now and have that urgency for our students, um, and so patience is something that we are um, trying to remind everyone to hold on to, and as soon as we have information, we will be getting it out to our families.
0: Uh, of course, there's the standard subjects, the math, the English, the history, which, uh, you know, I, for the most part are pretty conducive to to distance learning. What about uh, the physical education and, and some of art classes, things like that, that uh, can be a much more of a challenge? Is there a plan in place for, for subjects like those?
1: There definitely is. Um, our VAPA teachers um, are at the ready, um, already thinking about creative ways to provide those experiences as well as our PE teachers. They're already um, pushing out resources to our students to be active, keep that body moving, um, as well as keep that creativity growing. So we are definitely in that space where we're thinking um, outside the box and using all tools that are available to us um, so that we can ensure that kids are continuing on their learning journey no matter where they're at and in any subject area.
0: So ideally, if this, um, if this all works out as planned, you anticipate uh, students will be able to promote to the next level, seniors will be able to graduate at the end of the year on time like they were supposed to?
3: Yes, that is absolutely our goal is to ensure that uh, we are doing everything we can to support our students so that they are um, continuing learning this year and being prepared for their future graduation if if our ideal would be that we'd be able to come back and have kids walk across that stage so we will continue to hold our hope that the kids get to have that graduation experience and we need to be mindful of the um health guidelines and directives so
0: Well, it certainly sounds like Poway Unified is in really good hands based on what I've heard. Uh, Carol Kimmy, I really appreciate you spending some time explaining what's going on. And uh, obviously, this is going on at districts across the county, but uh, give us a taste of what you guys are doing. Very informative. Very interesting. Thank you so much. Thank you. Finally, it's my goal to wrap up our podcast with a little good news, even if it may seem hard to come by at times. For the first time in years, more pets are being adopted in San Diego than rescued. The Humane Society says it's unlike anything they've ever seen before. This week, more pets went home than came in, but they are still looking for foster families to reduce the number of animals inside shelters. The Humane Society is also distributing free pet food every day at campuses in San Diego, Escondido, and Oceanside. A pet can be a great way to share some love and lessen the effects of social distancing. But remember, the animals won't know when everything gets back to normal, and they'll still need the same amount of love and attention. Each day, look to 10news.com and our social media channels for new coronavirus impact podcasts. And make sure to download the 10 News app for all of today's important stories, along with reports you'll only see on 10 News. As always, it's available to download for free at the App Store. That'll do it for today. I'm Ben Higgins. And remember, we're all in this together.